welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Spirit Seeker Magazine has been in print for 17 years, started as a newsletter when it reached a readership of a little over 2,000. I was given the instruction while meditating uh, at Bell Rock in Sedona, Arizona to start a magazine. Um, and to have it in place before I was, you know, I was pregnant at the time before the child is born. So I asked for more information. There is nothing else. Complete silence. <laughs> so as spirit does, spirit says, okay, I gave you the idea. Now you run with it. So here we are 17 years later. We are published online at spiritseeker.com. We work with people throughout the U.S., uh, letting you know about the most amazing, wonderful mind, body, and spirit events. And I just want to mention a couple. Um, the May issue has most of this information, but we are a sponsor of the second Bhakti Fest, which will be happening in Wisconsin. That is coming up, uh, like before we even know it. And the Bhakti Fest was founded um, by a gentleman who was part of the very first Woodstock Festival. He was one of the behind-the-scenes people, and his friend is the one who put the Woodstock thing, to, you know, Woodstock event together. And at the end, they said, "Okay, let's check everything, and have we covered everything?" And um, the first person who founded the Bhakti Fest said, "Everything except we don't have a, a, a guru. We don't have a teacher from India to bless this event." And that is the bridgeway that brought all of the different things. Uh, they brought a, a wonderful teacher from India, and you can hear all about this during the month of June. I will be interviewing uh, some of the different musicians and uh, the founder of Bhakti Fest. So this event is July 5th through 7th. It is at Willow Island in Madison, Wisconsin. You can go straight from there to see Amachi in Chicago. Uh, the founder of Bhakti Fest is a big promoter of Amachi. He made the movie all about Amma's life, and he times these events uh, so that you can go straight from one event, chanting and doing kirtan and yoga and devotional singing for four days, and you can go straight to see Amma. And I did it last year. It was absolutely phenomenal. So Jay Utah, Dave Stringer, Durga Das, Krishna Das, all of the amazing people that we hear in all the yoga studios will be at this event, and they're just finishing the Shakti Fest out in California. The other thing I want to mention is that we'll be working with the Transfer conference with Dolores Cannon. You heard me interview her a couple of weeks ago on the UFO conference. That was a sold-out event. They're expecting the Transformation Conference to be sold out. And Spirit Seeker is just like this little quiet force with our magazines and all these different events, you know, and, and the radio show. So huh, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. So now I want to uh, tell you about this evening. My dear friend, Beatrix Quintana, who is a gifted astrologer, worker of the Tarot, she's an author, she has brought us the Living by the Light of the Moon for many, many years. I live by this book. I tell everyone I know about it. I think everyone should have one of these books uh, in their household and, you know, join Beatrix, but she she's just fabulous. She's mentored me in opening my psychic gifts many, many years ago, and I would not be doing some of the work that I'm doing if it weren't for her. So I'm just very grateful 
So Beatrix will be um, will be on the air, uh, and Beatrix will give us all the astrology and everything that's going on with all these eclipses and new moons and all all these you know things that are happening. And then we will do readings uh, toward the second part of the show. And then following the show, we will have a um, the interview with John Edward, and that will be from about eight to eight thirty. So the, a little bit of a different format, but um, we will be going to more of an hour and a half, two hours show because we have so many guests that are wanting to be on the show so a good problem to have right okay so beatrix are you there i'm here <laughs> okay so i remember last... you going up on meditating <laughs> on bell rock can you believe you it <laughs> at my house i think in sedona at that time I, you know what? It was like two visits to Sedona during that pregnancy, and the, 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 the last time I was eight months pregnant, and you know, here we are up in the womb cave, and you're channeling <laughs> your guides. I'm doing a past life regression, and do you remember how wild that was? It was so wild. <laughs> and I can't course, get to the womb cave anymore. Oh, you're kidding! So many pilgrimages, people from all over the world up there. It was one of the most exciting times of my life. And wow. They built a golf course, and they actually tore down the walkabout that got you up the side of the cliff. Oh. So you can't get there. It's so sad. Oh, that is too bad because, you know, we did that, and then we did uh, Oak Creek Canyon. We did the uh, medicine wheel. I mean, that was the balancing of the vortexes within. We we had everyone get in touch with their masculine and their feminine side, and it's very similar to psychosynthesis. We had them get to know their different parts to their being, and, you know, I mean, that was a – I just can't believe you can't get to the womb cave, though. Right. It's sad. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, that that was when Beatrix went to Sedona, which was what's supposed to be like a short visit, and you were there for years. Months, and I stayed for five years. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well. Well, the last time we had you on the air, we were getting ready for our uh, full moon in Scorpio with a lunar eclipse, <laughs> and now and now we're getting ready for our new moon with a solar eclipse. Am I right? Right. We had the full moon in Scorpio, which is the opposite of Taurus, of course, and that was a lunar eclipse, and. Um, so people got to work on their, they're still working big time on their uh, inner self because Scorpio deals with all about what you have held, you know, underneath the surface. And um, it it has been working on everybody and eclipsing everything that was attached to you since 1994. So now we're going to go this uh Thursday into the Taurus uh, new moon, and that's one of my favorite ones because it's it's a one time when you can, you know, the new moon you write your wish list, and it's the one time you can get like really greedy, like a greedy little kid, <laughs> and put down. You know, every materialistic thing that you would ever want. And um, so your wish list will be sort of like a shopping list. And, you know, you want to have a 
a house in the mountains, a boat on the beach, a ski resort to go to in Europe every year when it snows. Whatever you want on on that list, make it big and make it glamorous and make it luxurious and use the power of accumulation uh, that goes so well with um, with Taurus. So we're headed towards uh, a very joyful, wonderful uh, new moon. And it also brings this new moon births the goddess Lakshmi, who is the goddess of luxury and wealth. And so um, I'm having a big Lakshmi ceremony here on Saturday in honor of her arrival. Uh, so that'll be really fun. But it's a time to acquaint yourself with the goddess energy um, that is so uh, wonderfully luxurious and sensuous and uh, available to you to sprinkle you with gold if so, if you want to want that. So anyway, um, now this will be an eclipse. There's actually three eclipses in a row, which doesn't happen that often. So the first one was, of course, dealing with the underworld of you, your shadow side. Now we move to Taurus, and it's a solar eclipse, which is all about the outer you. That's why you can, if you're interested in, you know, a new car or, you know, a new home or a new piece of art or redecorating your home or a beautiful rose garden whatever it is that you're interested, this is when we build our outer environmental and uh, material concepts that match our inner self. So this is the flip side of what you've just been doing, cleaning out the old shadow monsters and now setting yourself free to, you know, have a symbolic representation of the beautiful, new, luxurious EU on the outside. And since Taurus also rules the way you make money and what you do to accumulate with the money you make, um, it is a very great time for business and uh, looking at how you want to advance your business on that level. What we also are doing is eclipses take you back 19 years. So a good thing to do uh, during this moon, um, Taurus moon cycle is to really go into what were you doing to make money uh, in 1994? What was your relationship with money in 1994? Um, were you living in abundance or were you living in lack? And um, allow for the eclipse to, if there, if you notice there's any negative strings attached to that time period um, that you've been building off of for 19 years, they will all be outed out of your field 
um, at 5.26 p.m. That's California time. So you can add an hour to your uh, process in the Midwest and um, put yourself in a position to know that the beautiful power of the eclipse will eliminate all of the layers that you have been accumulating, um, you know, that perhaps don't work for you now. So you want to set up a new uh, formula for accumulation on yourself. See, Taurus, his job is to infuse matter with light. So it's also a good time to look at anything that you have collected under the umbrella of luxury and see if that light still feeds you. If not, pass it on and go shopping and get some something new that represents the new you. Okay. Well, you know, and you know, Taurus, you know, the words are that, you know, each each sign of the zodiac has words that are associated with it. And Taurus is, I have. Right on. And it's ruled by Venus. So, I mean, that's where, uh, that's you know, all that love, love, passion comes in. Like, what do you and really art. love? Yeah, love, passion, art, luxury, um, instant gratification. <laughs> that's very much a part of Venus. And, uh, so, you know, all of that's going on, uh, you know, this month. So we've got a lot of activity. Now, one of the points of this month that could be stressful if you allow it to be, and that's going to be on May 20th, we have um, this uh, grand square that's taking place between uh, Pluto and in Capricorn and um, Uranus and Aries. So this is a grand uh, uh, a square that is going in and out till 2015, and it's definitely a game changer. So during the time. Um, Oh, probably three or four days around May 20th, you may notice some tension building in you that will create, uh, you know, it's all set up for the need to transform and to uh, change on a radical level. Remember, uh, Uranus is change on a radical level and um, uh, the Capricorn Pluto is changing on a structural level. So you have to look at how much you are holding on to what is familiar to you in those areas. So if, in fact, you um, hold on too tight, you could have a lot of tension. If you take the power of the square and move it into, oh, wow, look, I'm holding on to this or I'm holding on to that, and work on releasing it, you will end up getting something better. Um, Oftentimes, we don't do well. We're lazy as humans, so we need a little external uh, stretching from the planets to make us move through stuff. So this will be occurring. The last time we had any um, 
uh, relationship of this form of tension with uh, Uranus-Pluto was in the 60s. Uh, speaking of Woodstock, <laughs> and, uh, and, and in the 30s. So history doesn't repeat itself, but um, I saw one astrologer says there is some rhyme to it. So you might want to look at the 30s was all about lack and loss of money, and it was a whole restructuring of that system, which was quite shocking and difficult for people. And um, the 60s was all about restructuring uh, love. So we'll look at what this begins, this tension-building formula will um, begin to advance us to a whole nother level. My sense is it's got something to do with living your truth and living your truth may require letting go of a lot of, of fluff that you've been holding on to as an illusion. You know, when you think about it was um, 1964 that the Beatles came on Ed Sullivan, the yeah, Ed Sullivan show. And that created, I mean, you know, that just created this whole revolution between that and Woodstock and all of a sudden, you know, who are these people from England, you know, and here we are, you know, in the U.S., Herman's Hermits, you know, I could go mm-hmm. on and on. I mean, the rock music that, you know, came from, from that era. It and really it goes, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look what it did. It exploded, make love, not war. And, you know, right. people, people can laugh about it, but with the internet, I mean, it's, it's almost frightening. I mean, I watched, I watch the BBC News, and then I watch. I try and stay away from the local uh, Midwest stations because yeah, so much of the news is is just like not really news. And you know, and what I've been doing lately is when I you know hear about this in the Middle East, or I hear about you know South Korea and North Korea, and then you hear about, I just have been sending extra love, just like sending yeah. love and light, sending them love and light, knowing that if we can all come together like we did you know, with the consciousness that exploded, you know, in the 30s, you know, people just, you know, people that had immense fortunes had nothing overnight. It was I like know. a re- recalibration. It was and, drastic recalibration. Right. right. And, you know, my daughter's living in Europe and has been there for the last year. And, you know, she was in, in Spain, you know, when things really started plummeting, 54% unemployment for people in their 20s. You know, and, you know, Italy, the, the government that just got reelected is the government that was in before they put the austerity measures in place. So now they have two different sides of the government, you know, almost worse than the American uh, system. I mean, you know, we we have the House and the Senate that, you know, they can install a lot of things. But in, in Italy, they have two complete of opposite sides of people, one with austerity measures and the other one with let's just, you know, go crazy again. And, you know, the unemployment is just phenomenal in Europe right now, and yet each country is trying to figure it out, right. and they're all, like, in a partnership with, you know, once they created that euro. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's just amazing times we're in right now, and I think that you're right. I think that you know, the, the the shifting were overnight. I mean, that Scorpio thing that we just had where, okay, the secrets are going to come out. What parts of yourself need to be brought up to the light? Right on. I know. And then it's like, okay, we're all in this together. So how can we make it a better place? How can we 
all and you know the internet everything's there and you know I hear more and more people saying I don't even watch the news well you know what you don't have to watch the news but you still have to like have the consciousness of collective interfaith working together with a recalibration mm-hmm. so that you don't think well what happens in Italy is none of my business you want to make a bet we're all like so financially and everything else intertwined that I mean, you know, so Beatrix, with this with this new moon in Taurus, you know, what would you suggest? I mean, you just told everybody, you know, yes, make that magic wish list and be aware. And you talked about Lakshmi, which for some of our listeners, they may not know who, who Lakshmi is. So I would like to talk about the wisdom of this ancient deity that is worshipped all over the world by Hindus and people who have found their way to understanding the magic of Lakshmi. So let's... Right. Yeah, well, she's the goddess of abundance, yeah. and you know she's she was born out of um, you know the mythology of Lakshmi is that she was she was um, is the embodiment of power, fortune, and beauty, and she was born out of an ocean of milk, and as she was being born, the milk churned, and um, the alchemy of manifestation. Uh, she was born out of because the milk turned to butter. And uh, butter, of course, in India is a symbol of wealth. So the symbol of wealth came in and she has four arms that speak of the four standards of of manifestation. And first comes purpose. In order to manifest, you must share with her your purpose. So, and then you must consider the concept of wealth, which is the power of receiving that which you have placed purpose into. She also, um, the other hand, is all about bodily pleasures and then beatitude, which is holding a higher thought, holding a higher space. The more attention you give to Lakshmi, in the form of prayer, uh, the wealthier you become. So you need to work with the four stages that she has developed uh, about manifesting. And, you know, Deepak Chopra, he has a great statement that when he was a little boy, his mother told him to pray to Saraswati, the goddess of knowledge, and that Lakshmi would get very jealous and shower him with gold and uh, so that he would turn his attention towards her. So, and you can see that that actually worked. <laughs> How funny. And, you know, Saraswati is, you know, the patron Hindu saint, so to speak, of, of uh, music and art and knowledge, yeah. the, you know, the things that we record through the, you know, the creativity. Oh. You know, she's, you know, but but if you want to, um, I'm just going to mention this because Deva Pramal and Meeton, uh, who are Oshas and meditators and are brilliant musicians, are there, they have been doing a 21 day mantra meditation journey. Oh, and oh, I know, it's fabulous. And day 10, we're, we're, you know, now on day, I think, 18, I've been doing this every single day. Day 10 was on abundance, and they did salutations to that heart centered and uh, great. Lakshmi and what what 
the inner tuning that, you know, working with Lakshmi does to you, this is an affirmation they created, is I give thanks for the continual showering of abundance in my life by chanting the sacred mantra. And the mantra is Om Shreem Mahalakshmi Yay Namaha. So it's like the Om Om Shreem, you know, the Mahalakshmi Yay Namaha is bringing the energy of Lakshmi to you and it's just, you know, bringing the blessings to you. Like Beatrix was just talking about that showering of gold, you know, that's what we equate abundance with. But in many cases, Lakshmi's is the way she works. It can be it can be someone else in your family. You know, you're you're thinking about it and then that that beautiful gold or abundance comes from all directions. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, you can just, um, you know, they, they, uh, they, the 21 days was just their gift, but then you can uh, go to devapramalmeeten.com, which is D-E-V-A-P-R-E-M-A-L-M-I-T-E-N.com, and you can download, uh, they have, uh, uh, you can, yeah, of course you have to pay for it, but it was free for all these other days, but you can get all 21 meditations, um, and you know. That's wonderful. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, I mean, and, and their music is just so exquisite, you know, chanting the mantras. You know, the story behind Deva Pramal is when she was being delivered, when she was coming into the world, her parents were Oshas and meditators, and her father was been between 12 and 15 hours a day in meditation. Yeah. And so he, her mother, as she was delivering her, and her father and all of their friends were there at the birth, all chanting mantras. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I do know that story. Yeah, and then look at the work that they've offered us. And, you know, we're just very blessed with these times with all of the different ways to raise our vibration. And Yeah. So oh, my true. gosh. So, Beatrix, what else with this astrology? Where, where well, we... the, the astrology is is set up all right now for us to release our old, you know, to set ourselves free from our soul suffering, to move on to give up the past, give up our worry about the future and stay in the moment, which requires a lot of adjustment, you know, in our life. So uh, the key factor is to adjust and recalibrate to the new you every time you feel the soul suffering coming in and look to see what you can do to set yourself free, to also work with the idea of co-creation but you can't co-create unless you allow yourself the privilege of acceptance so an acceptance comes from living in the moment if you can accept the moment you can manifest if you can't accept the moment then you need to adjust so you can and this allows you to be able to work with the co-creation ideas And in so doing, you'll find that uh, you will adjust to, uh, you know, actually awakening to a much larger victory list than you would have had in past times. But you really want to look at creating for yourself, you know, what you would like to receive and accept into your life and... In the Taurus concept, it's all about art, beauty, luxury, music, flower gardens. Remember, we just left the Piscean Age, which was all about authority issues. 
and we had several thousands of years dealing with that. But before the Piscean Age was the Taurian Age, which was about the goddess and the gardens and the farming and how we worked with the land. And um, so now we're in the Aquarius Age, which is all about self-reliance. And we don't need any of those other uh, concepts from the part Piscean Age because the self-reliance asks us to be our own authority. And in doing that, you can only do that if you live in the moment. And that's what gives you the power of co-creation. And it's very subtle. It asks you to build a field um, uh, that resonates on a magnetic level. It's very feminine. And then you build the field of whatever it is that you would like uh, to be brought to you, and you then write what you're willing to accept into your life. And it works really well with the Taurus. And don't be afraid to ask. Let's say, you know, you want a new car or a new home. or This is the time to ask for it. You may not get it on the first you know, round, but you may get a form of it. So allow yourself to, you know, accept it, allow it, and have it come to you. But it doesn't come without acceptance. So that's why I call this year the year of acceptance, uh, because that's what we have to do. We have to learn to live in the moment. And in the moment, we can have it all. If we go to our past, we'll look at what we lost. If we go to our future, we worry about what might happen, and then we jump into soul sickness, and then it doesn't happen because we're stuck in the old formulas. So take your own power and move with it. And trust that the astrology that's here right now is all set up to get you to leave your past behind to leave the old ways behind that you've known up until now and to be willing to go for uh, a more holistic point of view within yourself, within your own inner self. And then as you do it from the inside, the outside manifests. So it's this important. Is what yeah, this is this is the year of 2013, the year of the water, the year of the sea. Ah, water and earth. Almost all the planets are in water signs and or earth signs. And um, also this month is uh, low vitality month. Um, Jupiter is right, um, right on top of for the entire month or it's moving towards uh, a degree in the um, in the charts. It's at 23 degrees, so it's within six degrees of a fixed star that uh, is called the low vitality star, which makes you feel exhausted and it's hard to get energy from the earth because the earth is at a low point. And that's why things like fires and and uh, earth changes happen. So this entire month, you need to work really hard at main, body maintenance and um, 
taking care of your physical self. So don't push things. First of all, the tension that will build from pushing things will put you in a very more exhausted situation. So um, for that, there's only a couple of days in this week where the low vitality star is not being hit. And um, so if you're tired, take a nap. And that's the rule for this month. Or do what makes you feel relaxed. But and that's, solar hard for, that's hard for people that are just, you know, they don't understand the energy of the co-creation. And in order to co-create, right. you have to have that quiet, womb-like energy, which is what taking a nap is about. Yeah. What I do is if I get too chaotic, I go and go with the intention to reset myself. And I go and take a, a nap. And it could be a 20-minute nap or a two-hour nap, but it's all based on the intention to reset myself so I don't get so chaotic. That's what okay. I've been doing. Um, Oops. Hello? Today that the um, stock market went up higher than it's ever been in the history of of the stock market. It went up to 1500 or something. That was today? Yeah. Wow. That's just the the showing what can happen with consciousness. That's right. <laughs> well, and also, you know, Taurus and Scorpio are all about money. So Scorpio is other people's money, shared resources, and Taurus is all about your money. So, you know, a good way to find out how you make money is to look at what rules your second house, and that will pretty much tell you. And then um, look at the way you can use other people's money by what's in the um, in the eighth house, which is shared resources. You know, it's so interesting. I attended a conference in... Uh, Chicago, I don't know, I think it's like three weeks ago now, This, you know, coming up. And uh, the whole thing was the Internet Profits Conference. And the top masters in working with the Internet were there. The the uh, gentleman who developed Yahoo Games, you know, he was just playing. He had one of the first computers ever. And mm. then um, Joel, Joel Kahn, and then the next thing you know, he showed us a picture of this computer that he had way back in the day. I mean, I had a 286. I mean, I was like, you know, in the early 90s. I mean, you know, and that that was like so slow. But it was fast, you know. And and uh, But at any rate, he he, you know, developed – these little games, they became Yahoo games, and then he created the fart, the fart sound. And it was originally rejected, you know, by um, Steve Jobs with iTunes, and then, you know, and then he created this video that was hysterical. Oh, really? What about the doorbell? Ding dong. Oh, really? What about the hiccup? Hiccup. You know, and he made all these sounds that people had purchased. And so he, he says, and now here is the fart. And he creates all these fart sounds, and he sends this video to Steve Jobs. So Steve Jobs says, okay, you got it. You got the fart. Well, evidently, right before he had submitted this, unbeknownst to him, someone else had submitted the fart and was rejected, as was Steve Jobs. And he, um, so they sued him. He said, you know what, I gladly paid my whatever because after that I had the full rights, and guess what, it's still one of the top apps on the iPhone. 
Unbelievable. From a fart. And it was just, his consciousness was just always, like, so far ahead. And, you know, I mean, that's that's the kind of magic. Like, you know, the last the last eclipse that you d- you described, expect the unexpected, and you you likened it to being, like, with a pinball machine, the way it bounces from side to side, lights up and gets these unexpected bonuses and, you know, magic. You know, just bounce with it. Now what I'm hearing is go inside and really dream big. Yeah, this is the time. Oh my gosh! because you'll get physical results. It's an earth sign, so this is where you actually get to see, you know, the results of the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you're inspired. You know, so um, it's the concrete evidence of your success in the area of feelings, the area of thinking, and the area of spirit. So. It's all defined in the physical world. So this is why it's fun to co-create under the because you get such physical um, confirmation. Okay, well, listeners, we're going to um, listen to a beautiful song from a brand-new CD that has just been released. You can read about it in spiritseeker.com. The CD is actually called Beautiful World by John Two Hawks. I have been a supporter of John Two Hawks since, I don't know, I first met him in 2001, 2002. This, is, this new CD is very, very different. I, I really like what he's done. He's been nominated for Grammys. He has all kinds of awards, and he... Um, he tours the U.S., so you can see him at different conferences, and he'll be coming um, to the Midwest in August. And the name of the song is To Know You. But before we play that, I just want to um, mention one other thing, and then after you hear the song, we'll come back, and then Beatrix and I will um, do as many readings as we are able. But what I want to mention is that um, don't hang up at 8 o'clock. We will have the second part of the show from 8 until about 8.30. But talking about Lakshmi and the Blessings, Spirit Seeker is going to bless six people, two in St. Louis, two in Kansas City, and two in Branson, Missouri, with John Edward tickets. And the tickets are, the value for each ticket is $150, so that's $300 that will be in tickets that will be going to um, three different people, and we're doing the drawing this Saturday. He's coming to the Midwest on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. So what you need to do, if you would, is send an email to info at spiritseeker.com and put free tickets. John Edward, and then the city, because, you know, otherwise I'm not going to know which city you want. And then in the email body, um, please just put your name and your phone number, and we will let you know on Saturday. So that's a very big blessing because, you know, we just had Teresa Caputo in the Midwest. Everyone is awake right now. We interviewed Charles Virtue. You know, Beatrix and I have been on this path for a long time. We know all these names, but it's just, you know, it's it's just easier for access to knowledge you know, with Saraswati blessing us and Lakshmi blessing us with everything being free through the Internet. Thank you. Keep it that way, please. So um, so that's just a few of the things. So now we're going to hear the CD, To Know You, by John Two Hawks, Beautiful World CD.
Thank you, John Two Hawks. You know, amazing music, and uh, we are going to uh, start bringing you different music each week with the um, the radio show and in Spirit Seeker magazine. Each month, we review different CDs from music all over the world, and you know, it's just our gift. We do not charge the musicians; it's our way of helping support amazing music. Okay, so we're going to start the readings, but before we do that, Beatrix is going to announce her Facebook group and uh, with the Tarot, and also she has a new book coming out, and she has a video. So, Beatrix, let's get all that information. So, if you want to, uh, if you want to know about manifesting and co-creating, I have a video on my website. It's twenty dollars, and I think it's about two hours long. And uh, it teaches all about the techniques that are necessary to combine the masculine, which is manifesting, with the feminine, which is co-creating, and how to make your life work. And that is on my uh, website that's known as mymoonbook.com. And that's an easier one to remember. And then also I have a fabulous new tarot book, called Tarot, A Universal Language. And you can get that on Amazon or you can get it um, on my website, Beatrix.com, B-E-A-T-R-E-X.com, and go to books and it will have the, the new Tarot book, which is all in color. It's absolutely fantastic. It has every single symbol in the entire tarot deck, labeled and beautifully done by uh, my graphic artist Doug Crozier. So anyway, that's excellent. So awesome, awesome, um, awesome. For you to, um, you know, take a look. Okay, so that's Beatrix.com. B-E-A-T-R-E-X.com. I just want to mention, since it's new moon, and you know, this is the last little announcement here. The Spirit Seeker site is being redesigned. It is almost ready. 
and the purplepagesusa.com, which is a project we've worked on for 15 years. It was only in the Midwest, but we are expanding it. So you will be able to find a holistic practitioner or a anything, anything to do with mind, body, spirit, anywhere in the U.S. on one site, purplepagesusa.com. So I'm really excited to announce that that's just about ready to be launched. And cindymeyer.com is also being redone. It's like how I can juggle all these things, but I have wonderful, wonderful people on my team, and I'm just so grateful for all of them. Okay, so here we go. We're going to start with our first reading of the evening, and we're going to do as many as we can in this time. And so we ask you to uh, just ask one question. We're going to start with Carla from Florida. Carla, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Okay, great, great. So how may we help you this evening? What is the main question you would like to know about? Okay, um, what do you see um, how my job will be in the near future, my career? Do you actually have a job? Do I? Yeah. Yes, Uh, yes, I work for myself. Oh, okay, because I can see that you're very drained with what you're doing. It's not making you happy. Mm. And I feel like you've got to uh, allow yourself to look at everything that you do with your job or your career and look at the parts of it that make you happy and concentrate on that. Uh, And I feel that within one month of doing that and getting yourself re-energized with what you do, you will put your, your job in a position of your career in a position of inspiration and leadership and you'll take off like gangbusters. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I pulled the self-employment card on you and um, I'm hearing, you know, very similar to what Beatrix uh, said, but what I'm hearing is that part of the fogginess, shall we say, is there's a little bit of like why isn't it as easy as it used to be? There's some kind of, you know, um, it's not that it's negative, but, but what, I, what I'm hearing to suggest is to make a list of everyone, you know, like just print it out from your computer or if you don't have that, handwrite all the different people that you've done business with and thank them psychically. Thank each and every one. Thank them, thank them, thank them, and see what happens. You know, I once gave this to a chiropractor who's uh, – you know, practice was just stuck. She did that list. She printed out, you know, from the, you know, the front uh, desk manager printed it out for her, and she looked at all the people she had seen in two years, and within seven days she had like five of the people that she had never called. She just went into the gratitude, and then all of a sudden they started coming back, and the, and the energy was revitalized. So it just feels like you're you're excellent with being self-employed, et cetera, but there's just something, just a little bit stuck energy that needs to be shifted. Yeah, it's just like my um, business kind of went, I don't want to say the word dead, but still. Yep. And, but I keep on being told by my guides and others that it's because it's about to change. Right. So well, you need and to add a new quality of love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you love? Oh, and just like as you connection. So that that will open it up for you. Okay. Okay. okay well, thanks. good luck. Thanks. Okay. okay thank right. you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Okay. We have Teresa from Long Island, New York. Uh-huh. I think I know who this is. <laughs> Hi, Beatrix. <laughs> oh, how are you doing? I'm doing What's your question? I, I'd like to know um, 
what is the best way for me to regain my health and vitality? That's a good question. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you breathe. <laughs> <laughs> you know what card I pulled, Beatrix? This is so funny. I breathe Pele, who is the Hawaiian goddess of oh. awakening, and the whole thing is that you cannot have that fire without breathing. They call everyone else like, you know, like the non-breathers. So they would never, ever do a prayer without consecrating it with breathing air, new life into it. So absolutely, you're on the right track. That's so funny. That's hysterical because I just got breath work. You know, do some um, pranayama breathing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Also, I've got here that it's time for you to get out into the public. You've spent way too much time being home alone. And you need to put your light out in the public. You have a fabulous light. And the more you put out there, uh, the more energy you will get. And I have a feeling that within the next month, you will get a vision of a new course and direction for you that will be far beyond um, feeling lousy. You'll be feeling a lot better. So I would also suggest some chakra balancing for you. Okay? And, you know, Teresa, um, I I am a breathwork coach. I, I was introduced to breathwork in 1992 and signed up for the class to be, you know, a breathwork coach, never dreaming I would do that work. But I have to tell you, it was the most, you know, one of the most life-changing things that I've ever done. And, you know, 70% of the detoxification of the body is through the breath. And um, most people just don't know it. And, and there's a tendency to hold the breath when someone's underneath stress or things are a little bit, when you don't feel well, the last thing you want to do is, you know, go out and do a run or a fast walk. I mean, it's just, it's impossible because the energy is sluggish. So breath work will revitalize uh, you in a way that is just fabulous and new. Hmm, thank you. Yeah, I offer sessions by Skype, so if you're interested, you know, um, that's available. Okay, well, and, and, and you have a big opening. I mean, Beatrix is right. It's just you're going to do things in a whole different way. So so thanks for calling us. Thank you so much. Okay, all right. Okay, we're going to go to Nicole from San Diego, California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, Nicole, what's your question? Whoops. Okay, uh, we're going to go to Kelly from St. Louis. Kelly, are you there? I'm here. Okay, so I know Kelly. <laughs> so what is your question for the two of us this wonderful, beautiful evening? Well, I just had a recently a kind of a crazy thought about adding some some health supplements on retail and some other um, sort of going into a sort of a health venture with my salon business, and I was wondering um, what if that was a good idea or not, and if that would fly where I'm at. Okay, let's see about you adding health to your salon or the health business to your salon. Actually, it says that that would bring you a better, brighter future. I think that will open up uh, a whole new element to your salon that will it's like you really can't see it right now, but you know it, and it's going to happen, and it'll be good. 
you know, if you've got the fertility card and you've got divine magic, and what I'm seeing is not just the um, the the nutritional part, but also aromatherapy and having a different aromatherapy uh, essence that they feel smell when they come in. So they're getting it from all the different senses, and um, and I just see you having, you know, packages ready to go, and you know, you'll be the best example just glowing yourself. But you've got the you've got the fertility card that this is a fabulous time to start you know new things and offering you've got a captive audience already i mean it's right there go for it it's funny that you say aromatherapy because i have a bunch of literature sitting in my car right now that i just grabbed on on that, and I was looking into that. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm actually going to have that on the new Spirit Seeker site. I've been uh, involved with aromatherapy since the the late '80s, you know, and I mean, it's just it's just fabulous. And I'm getting ready to make my own meditation blend. Mm. So, oh my gosh! Well, you're on the right track. Yes, yes, yes. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you thank for you. calling. Okay. All right. So then let's see. We're going to go to Leanne from Carlsbad. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Beatrix. How are you doing there, girl? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Question. Okay. I I don't know which direction to go for a question. Should it be a work question? Should it be a love question? Well, you can do – you can – Let's look at your love situation. That's always a good one. Okay. Okay, love for Leanne. It's definitely needed. It says you've been taking your business too seriously and not having enough fun. So it's time for you to take take some playtime and go out and have fun, and then you'll bring a new social life in, which then brings in... Actually, I've uh, got the lover's card here. It brings in a fabulous new love. But the new love wants you to be fun instead of worried all the time. Okay, so is this someone other than Leland? Boy, he, she's saying names. I know. What I was thinking, it was... Uh, you know, is he going to invite me to Lisbon, and should I go? Oh, you should definitely go. <laughs> go and have okay, a good have time. To... Go, have fun. You okay. know, Leanne, it's interesting. I, I work with uh, two different goddess decks, and I pulled the exact same card in these two decks, which is Kali. Oh, and Kali my... energy is all around fear. You're scared to death. And what they're showing is the old thoughts, which which was what Beatrix was talking about earlier, the old thoughts and the old programming have to be released for the new to come in. And mm-hmm. it just it just feels like this is a magical time. If you want to go to Lisbon with it, you know, your, your the gentleman you name, then set that as an intention. I'm going to go to Lisbon. I'm going to have a fabulous time. But it's like whatever fears you've had around around you know really manifesting the love of you know your true dreams. It it's like you almost have to reprogram. You know, cancel, delete, reprogram. Very good. Go for it. <laughs> oh, do we have anybody else out there? Thanks, Leanne. Thanks, Leanne. And okay. we do. We are going to now go to Janie in Thousand Oaks, California. Uh-huh. Hi, it's it's Janie. 
Oh, I apologize, Janie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So how uh, may Beatrix and I help you this evening? Um, just have a question about the expansion of my nonprofit for this year. Okay. The expansion of your nonprofit for this year. You've got something you're afraid of that's keeping your um, nonprofit from moving forward. So you may want to look at may have fear of success. And if you do, you need to get a healing in that. So we can put you in the in the healing circle to heal you from your fear of success. There's something you're doing in your nonprofit that um, is setting up a fear base inside of you that's blocking. So I want you to see what that is. Maybe okay. have it that you want to change. Yeah. You know, and Janie, what I what I'm seeing is that it's it's to go back to basics to remember it's all about relationships and somehow or another with the with the um you know like the mission statement or you know your your peers that come together and really support you in this vision and dream somehow the compassionate part of this uh needs to be relayed because you have Kuan Yin here saying I'm right here with you you know I I understand I'm here to help you just call on me but it just feels like on some level the blessings that come from this um it's almost like you know you know how like when you're fasting you go into the and, and you know you or you wear bright colors you don't talk about it you've adopted something with this not tooting your own horn it's old programming and they're just saying repackage your dream remember what it's all about and then not that you're out there bragging about it but you're saying look this is what this is all about mm-hmm. so revitalized in a in a whole different um like remembering what it's all about but in a whole new way okay got it uh, Beatrix, I knew you when I was a child. I know you did. I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi. Oh my gosh. Good to see you. All it's grown been, up. Been what forty forty years? Maybe. <laughs> uh, we don't tell our ages, right? <laughs> no. I'm yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh wonderful. Well, yeah. is there something your nonprofit does that? Um, is about eliminating fear? Oh, yes. That's, or uh, Yeah, well, I work with at-risk youth. Oh, okay. And one of the things we talk about is letting go of the fear. <laughs> okay. False evidence appearing real. Yeah. Well, and you and you know these indigo kids. I mean, the kids that are present yes. now are very psychically gifted, and yes. I think that's part of your um, what you're going to be marketing is is you're going to say with these the kids that are so socially active, and yet we're getting back to the basics of remembering what it's all about. You know, in the yes. high tech society, we're teaching the soft touch. Oh yeah, back to love. That's yes. what we teach. Back to the yeah. love. Back to the self. Back to the mastery of the self. And right. self empowerment, not outside of the self, asking outside, but asking the self. Yeah. Good. Sounds like yeah. you're on your way to some pretty powerful stuff there. Oh, I feel blessed. Oh, blessed. Fabulous. Yeah. Don't get calling and it's and it's going. So don't get swallowed up by Thanks the fear. We're going to replace okay. it with love. Okay. Got it. Okay. 
Okay, so you're welcome. So listeners, Beatrix is my guest the first Tuesday of every month. And Beatrix, thank you for this devotion. Thank you for this gift to all of us. And it's B-E-A-T-R-E-X dot com. So she'll be back with us again the first Tuesday in June. And, um, you know, just visit her website. And uh, and this is Cindy Meyer, publisher of Spirit Seeker Magazine, and I do, you know, coaching. And I I have a special if you're interested. I'm offering a special where, um, whether it's breath work, and I Skype breath work, whether it's feng shui, whether it's readings, whether it's coaching. I do you know more regular coaching using all the gifts. I have a special during the months of May and June where if you prepay three sessions, your fourth one is free. And so if you've ever wanted to try Reiki, I do all of this long distance, and all. Of this will be on my website soon. I mean, all the the young people that are supporting me saying, Cindy, Cindy, just like Beatrix, we both remember when we didn't have a fax machine. We remember when we didn't have email. We remember when we got it. We both remember how it was, and it's like this whole new technology is moving in. So here we are. We're we're ready. (laughs) So, okay. So now do we get John Edwards now? Yes, we are going to we're going to say goodnight to everyone and um this is an interview that I did with uh John about 3 weeks ago. He's coming to the Midwest May 17th, 18th, 19th. So you just stay right here on the air and you're going to hear this amazingly wonderful interview. But I do want to remind one more time if you know of someone in the Midwest, especially Branson because uh we're in, Spirit Seeker is not actually a print magazine in Branson. We're all around it in in different parts of Missouri and Arkansas, but we um we you have this wonderful opportunity to win two free tickets in Branson, two free tickets in Kansas City, and two free tickets in St. Louis. It's uh, next week, May 17th, 18th, and 19th. We'll be doing the drawing this Saturday and letting uh, we'll announce it on Facebook, which uh, Facebook is cindymeyer.com, C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R.com, and we have Spirit Secret Network and Cindy Meyer Network. We have three different Facebook pages, and we'll announce it through Facebook. All you have to do is send me an email to info at spiritseeker.com, in the uh, the subject line, put free John Edward tickets and then put the city of your choice and then uh, your name and email in the uh, body and we will let everyone know who the winner is. Okay, so Beatrix, thank you so much for being my guest and just stay tuned. We're going to go right into the interview. Thank you so much. We'll be thank back next you. week. Okay. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello, and it is my divine pleasure to bring wonderful, wonderful guests who are doing cutting-edge work in all different forms of helping make the world a better place. And today I am interviewing John Edward, who has been on the track of helping others for well over 25 years uh, in a way that, you know, is just touching people in uh, heartfelt ways. He has an uncanny ability to predict future events. He is able to communicate with those who have crossed over to the other side. So without further ado, John, are you there? And Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. So you have been doing this work for a long time, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes in the audience and the different people that are coming to you. So 
what is the um when you first started I, I understand that you were very gifted as a child. So for you, what was your childhood like? I you know, my childhood was pretty pretty normal. I came from uh an Irish father and an Italian mom, uh New York City police officer guy and kind of like a a, a old school mom who was fighting to try to find her voice and be a career woman. So there was that was the energy I was I was raised in. My parents separated when I was in sixth grade and I moved in with my grandmother. And I would say I had a normal a normal childhood, a normal family dynamic. I always had psychic experiences. I didn't know what they were. Nobody made a big deal about them. But it wasn't until I was about fifteen years old that it was kind of brought to fruition and it was another psychic who told me that I had this ability and this would be my path. Was it the thing where they just appeared and said, you have this gift, and you're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that would be the movie version of it. It was more like my mom and my grandmother, was to- they were totally into the whole psychic house party scene, and they would have, you know, every couple of months they'd have some other, as my father put it, freak sitting in the back room doing readings. Um, my dad really wasn't a big believer or subscriber to anything metaphysical. And, you know, my mom would say she takes the information with a grain of salt, but they enjoyed it. It was fun. It was enlightening. But I had grown up with my kind of dad's philosophy that, you know, it's more of a girl thing and, you know, don't believe in this. And it wasn't until this woman had, uh, my mom had a reading with this woman, Lydia Clark, and she blew my mom out of the water. And to blow my mom out of the water, because she was a seasoned psychic junkie, I mean, she had had a number of readings, let's put it that way. She said, you know, would you come to my house? And the woman said, no, I don't normally do house parties. And my mom said, oh, it's too bad. She She goes, but I'll make an exception if you allow me to meet your son. My mom thought that was an she odd did. request. She and uh knew. <laughs> Yeah, the woman came to the house. My mom actually gave me orders, and she said, this woman wants to meet you, and she never does this, and she's going to come, but you have to be on your best behavior. I will, you know, kick your butt if you are disrespectful or rude or blah, blah. I'm like, don't worry about it, you know. And long right. story short, I had a reading with her that day, and it kind of put me on my path. Well, that's fascinating. And, you know, this is America. Like in in England, they had the salons and they were known for the, you know, the seances and everything. I mean, you know, it was still relatively new in the U.S., but uh, but you landed right in the perfect family, as as you know, we know. Yeah. So so you've been all over the world and, you know, you've. You have been on CNN, Larry's King. You've been on the Today Show. You've been on Oprah. You've been on Dr. Phil, Kim and Courtney, Take New York, Dr. Oz and Anderson. I could go on and on. There's just like a long list. And you're coming to the Midwest, which is is very exciting. So, so what would you say, John, with with the way times have changed? What have you seen in the changes with the people you're working with? You know, I think that the boundaries have uh, eroded a bit. And that's a good thing, because people have allowed their religious and spiritual beliefs to kind of mesh a little bit, um, and people have asked great questions over the last 30 years. You know, their their questions are, are, are so much more educated in where they're coming from, as opposed to, do you believe in spirit gods? Do you believe in reincarnation? Now it's more about levels of spirituality. And it's a a tapestry of their own life experiences and journey over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years that I really feel like there's been an an eruption of information for folks. That's the good news. The bad news is that with that, uh, the road has been widened and there's some unlicensed drivers on it. So I kind of take this always as a platform to say to folks, please be careful because there are a lot of people who 
are misguided, and I say misguided, that they have some ability, and then they take that ability to a place of where they think they should be doing it professionally, and they might not understand the ethics and responsibilities that go into it. And then there are just people who are egotistically doing it for the wrong reasons, and then there are people who are you know, doing it for the reasons of taking advantage of people, and they don't really care. Yes, there's always been the shills, shall we say, or the the in, in whatever you know with anything. There's people that you know, uh, just I call them untrained psychics. You know, they they have a gift, but they really have not managed it. And in so many cases, they haven't mastered their own life. So you know, here it is coming out, you know, on on inappropriate ways. But right. you know, you grew up with this. You, you know, I mean, you were that was just such a gift. This lady coming to your home and actually explaining. You know the gift, but you also have written a number of books, and um, let's just talk about some of the books because I'm going to leave them out. But before we jump to that, let me just go back to the you know the thing that part of my development wasn't just meeting this woman Lydia at an early age; it was also the family that I was born, I was like brought up in, and respect was such an important aspect of what you do. I remember one time I was 13 years old and I had gotten a job working at a deli. And I didn't want to clean the, the soda case. I didn't want to clean the cases because this was really honestly it was disgusting and I didn't want to do it. And I remember going home and I complained to my mother. And she looked at me and instead of giving me like sympathy, like, oh, that really does sound kind of crappy, she gave me attitude. And she looked at me and she said, if you're my son and that's your task, then you'll do that task to the best anybody could possibly do it in that store. And there won't be anything else because it's part of what your job is. You know, in the Hindu faith, it's called karma yoga. No matter what you're doing, cleaning a toilet, doing the dishes, you do it with devotion, you do it with presence, and it's all part part of it. And resistance, you know, your your mother really got the energy of the universe. You master doing everything with the best of everything and see what happens in your life. And, and, fr- and from that, I, I was then handed off in some way to my spirit guides, and they're not easy. You know, people always laugh and they say, you know, who trained you? And I go, well, they basically did. They they were strict teachers. I felt like I couldn't I couldn't move left too far. I couldn't move right too far. They kept me on a very very strong course. And when I got off course as a teen, you know, like when I did things that would be teen like, my God, I was slammed in in huge ways. So I sit back and I think, wow, am am I that special? No, I just paid attention. And I think that some of the folks that are, as you say, untrained or as I say, unlicensed drivers on the road, they haven't they haven't paid attention to those messages and the karmic debt that they're building up or people who do this work and they're not coming from the right place, they should be very, very, very aware of the um, imbalance that they create for themselves on a on an energetic level. Right. And that's, that's actually understanding the co-creation aspect, which most people, I want to say most, but many people just... Uh, they don't take any responsibility in the co-creation, and therefore they are always in resistance. And once right. you listen, you know, with the guys, and they show, you know, if you would give one example of how, like, if you heard or you saw, like, how guides can work. Oh, I'll, I'll, I will give you the, the, the classic one for me, which really kind of okay. put me in my put me in my place forever. Um, I was probably maybe 17 or 18 years old, and I was driving with a friend to the mall, and he was driving, and. That night he was asking what I was doing because there was a bunch of people getting ready to go. They were going to hang out at the beach, have a beach party, drink, the whole nine yards. I said, well, I I, I would love to go, but I can't because I've got a group. He goes, what about tomorrow night? I go, I would love to go, but I can't because I have another obligation where I have a group. 
And he goes, well, that's kind of cool that people are like seeking you out. And I was like, yeah. I go, but it would be nice to be normal. It would it'd be nice to have a normal teenage, you know, experience where I wasn't listening to voices and seeing pictures and having these feelings. And I just vented a little bit to my friend. Well, that was like 11 o'clock, 11.30 on a Saturday or whenever it was, Friday. And I had a group that night, 11 people, 22 eyes. I will never forget this. And I sat there on my grandmother's floor. I gave my explanation, as I always do. I said, any questions? And they said, no. And I closed my eyes, and I'm ready to begin. And I sat there for a good 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, and nothing happened. And I had never had that experience before where nothing happened. In a private session, I've had something kind of take a little longer or not happen because you can't make something happen. But in a group where you've got 11 people, somebody's coming through. Like, it's going to happen. Nothing happened. So until I questioned it, like in my mind, I was like, uh, hello? Like, guys? Like, what's going on here? They showed me as if there was a camera in the back seat of that car. Me, venting to my friend Mark. I just want to be normal. I just want to be normal. I want it to stop. I want to be normal. It did. It absolutely stopped. They literally put me in my place. And until I apologized and humbled myself and said, I am so sorry. I, 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 just, I didn't mean that. Um, then the information poured forth, and it was a great group. And at the end of the night, they let me know, you cannot do this because of you. You could do this because of us and never forget that. And I never did. I've never done that. So when I watch other people you know, in this field, and they're so focused on themselves, you know, my guide showed me that if you look at the word medium, if you really focus on the me and the I of the word medium, it leaves you dumb. Oh, that's interesting. Very good analogy. Very good analogy. So it's so interesting, you know, how the guides will work with us. And, and when you're reading a large, large group, mm-hmm. and, you know, you know that there are so many people to help, that's when you really have to listen I would think because you you know you have this huge amount of eyes. You've gone from you know twenty two eyes to like a massive room of eyes. Right. And I, and I would think at that point you would have to listen more than ever to know where to go next. Well, what they do is they they make made it very very clear for me because I remember again going back to my youth again great training ground. I was invited to lecture at a group called Compassionate Friends, and when I went there, it's a group of parents who've lost children, and when I walked into the room. Um, it was an overwhelming and extremely humbling experience. I was very intimidated by their losses. There were so many of them and just one of me, and I just jumped right into reading. I didn't answer any questions. I didn't do any speaking. I just read, and I, you know, I read. And they were, they were really good, good sessions, and they were very healing for the people that got them. But what I couldn't handle were the other people's expressions when I was leaving. And it was just sheer devastation, and it was as if I had landed in some starving country in Africa and handed out sandwiches to certain people, and other people didn't get a chance to taste it, but they could smell it, and they they still had their hunger, and they weren't fed in any way. And I remember that night I went to my my girlfriend's house, now my wife, and I and she asked me, she goes, "You were really off." And I go, "I had a really bad night." So I told her what happened. She goes, "Well, it sounds like you had a great night." I said, "Well, for those people, it might have been great." I go, "But for the other people in the room, I go, it it didn't feel great." I said, "I don't think I ever want to do this again, like on that in that kind of level." But that was me personally, from my own ego going, I couldn't handle that. And what my guide showed me was that you failed and felt that way because you didn't teach. And they showed me that the event is not for the people who get read. The event is for the people who are going home without the reading. So you have to teach to every single person in the room and raise their awareness, because with that awareness, they could put that into action, and that's going to lead to their evolution. And the teaching tools, your chalkboard and blackboard, your, your eraser and every other teaching tool you have are the readings that come through. 
those are the teaching souls, and you have to te- teach through example and then relate your own personal experiences. So that's my goal every time I do a reading, and that's that's the that's the kind of journey I take any audience, whether it be ten people in the room or I've spoken to over ten thousand people. You know, it, it's it's the exact same thing. Well, and it, that makes sense. That just totally makes sense. And and you know, you you have your your new platform that you're connecting with people through the five. Uh, would you talk about that for just a moment, please? Sure. The five for me is my answers to television. And the reason is that I, I had great success on TV with Crossing Over, and then I did another show called Cross Country, and then I was invited to do a couple other things, and I've guested a lot on TV. And I, I, I like the medium of TV as far as it getting a message out to people. However, I don't like the medium of doing television. Being involved with it, I could say personally that it's a very negative energy. Um, and a lot of people like to tell you what, they think your work is. And I've always had to be the difficult, temperamental, challenging New Yorker to say, no, I've been doing this work long enough. I know what people are coming to me for, and I'm not going to allow you to frame it in this capacity. So after a number of invites to do reality shows and all that other kind of stuff, I said, you know, I'm going to do what I know I'm supposed to do. And for the people who are supposed to find it, they're going to find me. And that's been my motto. And what I've done is I've created a section on johnedward.net that is called The Five, where I provide access to me in as affordable way as I possibly can, and it allows people. It's a membership. It's a membership-driven uh, subscription for a year, and every week there's a new show called Evolve with John Edward, where I have guests come on. But the audience, instead of the audience being literally out in front of me, the audience are the people that are at home that are that are watching. And every month, five people get a private reading. Five people get questions asked. Five people get a pair of tickets to my events around the around the country or internationally. There's a lot of value that's in there, but my goal is to create a platform where like-minded people who have an interest in the subject matter can kind of come together and and be a part of metaphysics in a safe environment. They don't have to leave their house. They don't have to go anywhere unless they choose. It's beautiful. You know, and, and you know, technology has changed so many things, has it not? It certainly <laughs> has. You're beamed from here to there, and it's just really, you know, I, I feel like we've gone back into ancient times where mental telepathy was considered normal, and here we are, you know, like in an audience or on a group on a phone, and all of our minds are all melded and connected with spirit, and wherever we, you know, set that intention, miracles do happen, don't they? Um, so so you're coming to the Midwest. You'll be in St. Louis on May 17th. Uh, you'll be in Kansas City on May 19th, and somewhere in there you're in Branson. I am. Um, so we're really delighted that you're coming to the Midwest. and. And, you know, the Midwest is, is kind of a, a – the, the name for Missouri is the show-me state. And it's so fascinating that, you know, uh, there are many things that are happening in the Midwest. You know, Spirit Seeker, you know, has this magazine in five states. And I think there are 12 different holistic mind-body-spirit events all in the next two months, which there is a time when there is nothing. So it's a reflection that truly times have changed. And – you know, I, I, you've written so many books, New York bestsellers, One Last Time, What If God Were the Sun, Crossing Over, The Story Behind the Stories, um, you know, The Afterlife, Answers from the Other Side, Final Beginnings, Practical Praying, Use the ro- Using the Rosary to Enhance Your Life, and Infinite Quest. And then your new pu- newest publication came out last year, Fallen Masters, and this is a fiction novel? It is. You know, my people are surprised to find out that my love of writing is more about fiction than nonfiction. My first book was a nonfiction kind of autobiography called One Last Time. And I, I wrote that as a door opener 
just to get me into the publishing world because I wanted to write fiction. And I wrote What If God Were the Sun. Nobody wanted it. There wasn't a publisher on the planet that wanted it. So they did want my next nonfiction book, so I forced them to have to publish the fiction book. I said, I will. you can publish my nonfiction book, but you've got to publish my fiction book first. And they agreed. And um, it was one of my bestsellers and turned into a movie. It was like it was like it was a great a great experience. And Fallen Masters is kind of, I think, a, a timely spiritual piece. Well, and everything else, I just want to mention. You know, uh, John Edwards has been on everything from ABC's 2020 to the uh, Live with Regis and Kelly, Doctor Oz, etc. So you have taken your gifts. Well, not you. Spirit has supported you in taking your gifts to like this whole mainstream audience that is so hungry and thirsty for understanding that there is more to life. And I think that technology with the Internet and the way information is so easily accessible, I think that that has driven some of this, people being much more educated and realizing that there is something more. There is something after this. And we, you know, and once I think that, you know, more and more people reach that state of consciousness, it's just changing the world. It, 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 I, it is, and I hope so. And I, every day on Facebook we put a positive affirmation or a quote of the day. And I say to people that we have to be our own lighthouse, and then we have to be lighthouses for people that are connected to us. So what we want to do is we want to spread the light. And I say it only takes a little bit of light to alleviate all of the darkness. So when I really decided to embrace social networking, I think Facebook is the platform because I can't, I can't tweet because I can't get my thoughts out in less than you know 180 characters, whatever it is. But on, on Facebook, you know, I, it's, a, it's free. People are able to interact. And there's been such an amazing amount of um, positive energy that's there. And, of course, you get your negatives and people kind of, you know, voice up that they have their own opinions or whatever. But, you know, those people kind of go away. But um, people should check that out because it's a great community. And I'd love to say it's mine. It's really not. It's theirs. But I provide that kind of forum. And um, when I when I first took interest in doing it, we had like 20,000 people. And now there's like 286,000 people who are being lighthouses for other people and sharing their stories um, of inspiration. And, you know, somebody will go on and say, guys, turn your lighthouses on for me today because so-and-so is in the hospital. And then you watch all these people pray for them. It's just the coolest thing. Wow, that's another platform. So do they, uh, on Facebook, uh, just look for John Edward or John Edward Group? You know what? If they go to johnedward.net, and click on the app. There. That's probably the best way to go. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't really go on there like myself. Like I don't go on there to actually do the stuff. I no, have somebody I in the office do it. <laughs> they won't. They actually. The, the, the God's honest truth is they won't give me the code to go on because they're afraid that I would answer somebody snotty. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we're your team. Go do your work. They're like, no. You just tell us what you want to put up there, and we'll take care of that. I'm like, you're afraid oh I'll be the Alec Baldwin of mediumship. That is so funny. But you know the rosary that 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 book. You know, I, I tell people, you know, I, at one time you would have seen me with a rosary. Now you, I have Hindu prayer beads. But it's all the same. It's the, it repi- it's the repetition and the opening. And the, and the intention. And the, yeah, yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And, you know, I even studied Sufism, and they have prayer beads. They're, it's, they're, it's all so similar, um, just all ways of devotion and, you know, reaching that space. So, Oh, I just cannot thank you enough. I fabulous, fabulous, fabulous work you're doing, and thank you. you know you you just have really been uh, impeccable and in, in a model for many people to aspire you know toward with their gifts. And so, and thank you for explaining about your childhood because I think so many children are more open, but then 
stop that. Stop talking to that imaginary friend. Stop that. And, you know, the the more we're aware, and the children today are so bright. They're just so and, bright and, and shiny. And also there's a there's an epidemic of, of intuition that has kind of descended upon the children of today. And I say it's an epidemic because in society, in the healthcare industry, they label it as autism. Um, but yes. in, in this field of metaphysics, autism is just a highly intuitive child that is processing the, sens- the, the world of sensitive energy all around them. And, and how it gets processed in the physiological capacity is, through the body is defined as a quote-unquote autism. But, you know, if you study autism and anybody who's a metaphysician who does this work knows that on some level they would stop and say, well, wait a minute, am I on the spectrum somewhere? Because I have those same things. You know, that's fascinating because there's a, there's a group in Florida with the Dolphin Research Center where they use children, autistic children, who normally do parallel play. It's hard for them to engage with one another. And one of the ways that they work with autistic children is they get to interact with the dolphins and feed the fish to the dolphin, and they, and they have to work together as teams. And dolphins are extremely telepathic. And... You know, that's one of the ways they've worked with autistic children in, in, you know, engaging their mind and connecting with this this huge animal that can sense what they're thinking. It's fabulous. But I've never heard autistic children explain the way you just did it. But it makes sense. You know, they're they're processing with all the senses all at one time. And and I have a a friend who has a child that's autistic. And, you know, there have been moments where she and I have had, like, some really breakthrough conversations where I think she gets an insight into what's happening with her child, and she used to work with me. So she was kind of almost trained in some way about the world of energy before she had him. So I don't think anything happens by by accident in our universe. I think that we become students of the subjects that we need to become students of before we actually need to teach it. Absolutely. So listeners, you can um, find out more and uh, purchase tickets for the Midwest, uh, the three-city tour at johnedward.net. He's all over the world, many different places. So, you know, take a look. Let your friends know where uh, where John is coming. And uh, there will also be a wonderful article uh, in the May issue of Spirit Seekers. So, John, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I know you're so busy, so thank, thank you, you so much for taking the time for this. Appreciate interview. it. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Amen. Mm-hmm.